Welcome to Figuring Out Families, where we talk about the issues facing families today. This is our first episode for 2020, and we're glad to have you back with us for another year. In this episode, we caught up with Kirsty Robertson, who is the new CEO at Caritas Australia via a phone hookup, and talked about the work Caritas does with the most abandoned families and how important Project Compassion is to ensure they can make a real difference in the world. Enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm David Ahern. My guest today was recently appointed CEO of Caritas Australia. Caritas Australia is the Catholic Church's international aid and development agency and is part of one of the largest humanitarian networks in the world, which reached more than 1.5 million people last year. Kirsty Robertson, welcome to Figuring Out Families. Thanks, David. Now, uh, you took on the role at Caritas recently, I believe. What was it about the position that interested you most? Um, I think you just said it in your um, introduction. I I, I was reading recently, and I think every year, Caritas Australia has changed the lives of 1.5 million people. Um, And that's a story that I really wanted to be part of. I I, since a small child has sort of been inspired by the Project Compassion Box and, and the story that's, that's Caritas Australia. Um, and so I always have thought it's good to think of those 1.5 million people as, as individuals, um, just like me with, you know, hopes and, and, and dreams for the future. So, you know, I think it's a privilege to play a, a small part in, in helping them realise their, their dignity. I've been in the role... Um, about five, five and a half months now. And what were some of your previous jobs before you um, joined Caritas? Um, look, I was telling someone the other day that just over 10 years ago I was digging pit toilets in um, Samoa Good. for Caritas. So right. um, it's, uh, straight after the tsunami I was up there. So, you know, I think my resume uh, tells quite an eclectic tale um, of, of, of someone drawn to work. In fact, it was actually a... Um, a Caritas educator who came to my high school um, when I was in year 10 um, and she was talking about Project Compassion and I think I knew right then and there that um, Caritas was where I wanted to work. Over the years I've I've had many roles at Caritas. Um, I started in really junior roles, um, managing projects up in the Pacific Highlands. As I said, I was involved in the the tsunami response um, in Samoa. And um, I went on to be the communications group leader at Caritas. So it's been quite a, a journey and quite a story um, of involvement in Caritas, really, from, from when I was a child to now. Okay. That tsunami uh, situation would have been quite horrendous, I imagine. It was. Um, it's really interesting, I think, when an emergency uh, happens, you see the power of long-term connections um, that have already been established by the church. Um, you know, in a country like Samoa um, that had really poor infrastructure, it really was the church networks that enabled people to be able to respond and respond fast to that situation. And so for me anyway, it was sort of that moment in really realising the power that Caritas has in that connection with church communities all, all around the world. Right. How long were you in Samoa uh, helping out? Uh, you said ten years ago. Was were you there for a while, or? Um, I was there for a few months. Um, I was deployed literally the day after um, the the tsunami. I went up there for a few months, came back, went went back up again. So it was sort of a long term engagement where I was doing my job here in Australia, um, and also where I could I was up there in Samoa. 
Okay. So you obviously got a real uh, love of uh, helping people out, people who are at their most needy, uh, which has led you to your position today, as you mentioned. Yeah, that's right. I think, um, you know, actually, when you come into the office at, at, at Caritas, at our head office here in Alexandria, there's a quote on the wall from um, uh, Pope Benedict, I think, um, who said, those who work for Caritas must dedicate themselves to others with heartfelt concern. And, you know, I, I really like reading it as I walk in the door. It's sort of a, a daily reminder of why I'm here, of the work that I've done, and, and I've always been sort of inspired by that. You know, 25 years ago when I begun my career and, and now, um, I think it's a, real, it's a real privilege to have a job where you're serving others. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, tell us a bit about your family background. Do you come from a large family, a small family, or what's your situation? Yeah, I come from quite a small a small family. I was raised by um, an amazing single mother and my maternal grandparents, so not your typical family. But I think, you know, there was never a day that went by that I didn't feel loved. Um, and so I think for me anyway, my life since childhood has been a testament to the power of I had a great Catholic education um, at Loretto at Normanhurst, and I think that that education really inspired me to, to serve the poor and, and, and foster a bit of a curiosity, I guess, um, in, in learning. I'm a mum now myself. I have a little boy. And, you know, for me, I think learning my, my son with the love that I felt when I was growing up is, is really the single most important thing to me. Sure, sure. You certainly know you're alive when you've got a youngster to look after, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I do, David. Um, I had the, the joy of being named a geriatric mother by the New South Wales Health Department because I was, you know, over a certain age when I gave birth. Um, I'm, I'm learning the hard way why, um, you know, you might have probably would have been preferable to have a child when I was a bit younger because running um, around after a three-year-old when I'm in my 40s is, is a bit yeah. of a challenge. Yeah, that's an unusual term, geriatric mother. I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> that's right, that's right. They put it loud and proud on the, on the top of all your hospital documents just to make it clear. <laughs> or, to, or to embarrass you or something, but anyway. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Uh, why is Caritas Australia's work funded through Project Compassion so important and what difference does it make? You touched on this already, but it does make a big difference. Oh, look, definitely. You know, um, I, I don't know about you, but, you know, when I was a kid, I used to put my pocket money into the Project Compassion box because I think even back then, even when I was small, I thought that Caritas could, could change the world. And, you know, now um, I know it's true. I know it's true because I've seen it myself. Um, and I think the real power is that these are these are real people and the lives that we're changing are changed forever because someone in Australia, someone that they'll, you know, never know, has cared for them enough to, to give through Project Compassion. I think for me as well, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's, it's really motivational to surround myself by a community of Australians who, like me, um, believe that the world could be something better, could be, could be more just. You know, I think... A billion people go to bed hungry every night. And I think of that often when I'm, you know, giving my my dinner to my son. And, um, you know, there's not a day that goes by that he has to worry about, you know, having food on the table. But a billion people throughout the world, including children, um, are going to go to bed, bed hungry. And I think that's the world that God intended. And so, you know, Project Compassion lets 
thousands of parishes and thousands of schools um, participating yeah. in making the world better. That, that's a frightening figure when you mention how many people go to bed hungry every night. That really does sort of bring it home, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, when my son says he's hungry, I, I often feel quite, you know, bad. I think, oh, gosh, you know, I, I haven't given him enough to eat. And I think how must a mother feel like in these communities when her child says that they're hungry and, and she's got nothing to give them? Yeah, um, yeah. So I think there's a power in knowing that you can make a difference because otherwise a billion people going hungry seems too overwhelming. And that's what's special about Project Compassion. You know, you hear the six stories. You hear the stories of, of individuals and how their lives have been changed. Yeah, exactly right. Um, the theme this year is Go Further Together. Uh, how much support do you expect from uh, the community around Australia and what difference does this make? Yeah, look, Australians are such generous people um, and, you know, it's a privilege of my role, actually. I get to speak to, to so many of our donors and supporters on the phone and, and to thank them. As I said before, about 1,000 parishes last year and over 1,300 schools um, supported Project Compassion and, and, you know, we would expect this year to be the same, if not bigger. You know, we raised close to $11 million. And I think what's really important for people to know is that, that each one of those dollars is so, so precious, you know, um, because right now there are people all around the world that are relying on us and the support that comes out of Project Compassion. Uh, one of the stories on the Caritas website I've noticed in recent days highlights Cambodia. Now, you recently visited uh, Cambodia. Can you tell me uh, what difference you think Caritas Australia's work there is making for the most marginalised and the most needy? Yeah, I just um, came back from Cambodia a few weeks ago, actually, um, and I hadn't been to Cambodia, well, for about 20 years for my um, honeymoon, actually. It was the last time I was in Cambodia. So it was interesting returning to, to a country, you know, nearly two decades later. It's, it's an interesting place that is still recovering from um, the Khmer Rouge. You know, they had that sort of brief but destructive rain in the late 70s when yep. one in four Cambodians were killed. You know, a quarter of the population were killed during that time and, and the country's economy and, and social structures were really devastated. And so for me it was a real privilege to be um, on the ground, to be out in communities talking to people about the work that Caritas Australia is doing there to to rebuild livelihoods, to, um, you know, improve access to really basic things like toilets, like water, you know, basic education. Now, this is really vital work that um, is enabled through Project Compassion to ensure that people in Cambodia can live with, with dignity. So um, it was such, an, a, such a privilege to, to have all these conversations with, with many families, with mothers and fathers um, along the, the way. Yeah, yeah. Who, who did you meet there and how, how did it affect you, uh, those personal stories? Yeah, I had a number of really sort of profound moments on my um, one of my trips, uh, on that trip. Um, one of the... The great joys, I think, in my work is that, you know, I get to meet people from all walks of life um, and to be able to have 
you know, conversations with them. I think my mum always says that I was born talking. So in a way, this is, you know, a great job for me. (laughs) Um, Because I get to, you know, just chat to people uh, wherever I am. And I think this trip to Cambodia was was really no different. I think for me... um, One of the programs and and some of the people that really really touched me was the work that Caritas has been doing with deaf people in Cambodia. Um, Because I think in the work that we do, you know, poverty is really amplified when people are marginalised by disability. Um, And so it's really interesting to see the work that we're doing there. We work with um, a a program called Mary Noel Deaf Development Program, helping deaf people and um, people with hearing impairments to become, you know, independent and and more confident. It's it's really interesting to watch because essentially what we do is we're teaching participants sign language, Khmer sign language. um, Awesome. Developed as part of this program, so sign language in their own um, language. Um, right. We also provide training in literacy and, and income generation skills. I think for me, though, it's you know, it's not about what we're actually doing; it's who we're we're helping. And um, one really sort of emotional moment for me was when I was talking through a sign interpreter to one of the young adults in the program. Um, and, you know, and they were sharing their story of, you know, this is the first time they've had a chance to learn, the first time they've had a chance to make friends, the first time they've really been able to fulfil their potential because in Cambodia many of these people's families have no idea what deafness is and they don't actually know that deaf people can be educated. So there's just an assumption that they should stay in the house and essentially do, you know, basic menial work. Yeah. Um, when I was talking to these young people, they were using the sign language gesture for prison to describe their home, to describe their family life before the program. And, you know, for us in Australia, for most people in Australia, their home life, their family life is a source of joy, a source of, you know, solace and, um, you know, a safe space. But for these deaf um, young people, they associated their home with being in a prison. Um, and then I'm seeing them now and their hairdressers, their tuk-tuk drivers, their beauticians. You know, now the world is literally opened up for them because of this program with Caritas. That's great. Tell me, is deafness more of a problem there or is it, uh, I mean, obviously Australia has its fair share of deaf people too, or is it it's just a, a, not, a, not as bad or what's the situation with the number of deaf people there? Yeah, so I think um, disability certainly been amplified in Cambodia as a result of the Khmer Rouge regime. Um, and with regards to deafness, and in fact probably all disabilities, um, it just amplifies people's poverty. You know, they're already um, marginalised and, and oppressed because of the poverty that they experience. And then if you add a disability on top of that, you know, it amplifies their inability to... Um, to flourish, to live life to the full. I think, interestingly, a lot of it's cultural as well. You know, people with a disability like often hidden away, it's something to be ashamed of. And so part of this program is about saying, no, you know, deaf people can contribute to society. Yes, absolutely. And uh, you're, you're doing a bit to help them, which is great. What are, apart from people with disabilities, um, what are some of the problems families generally encounter in countries like Cambodia and how challenging is it for them? I think there's one thing that I've um, 
that I've learnt um, in all of the conversations I've had is that in, at the end of the day, I think families want and, and need pretty exact amounts of, you know, the same thing. You know, parents want to be able to give their kids a safe place to live, um, healthy food, a good education. And so uh, the problems that families face in Cambodia are pretty much the same as they are here. They're just amplified because yeah. of, of people's poverty. Yeah, yeah. Well, everything, I guess, becomes amplified uh, when you're living in poverty, poverty, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, you mentioned earlier, uh, we talked about Project Compassion a fair bit, which is uh, fairly reasonable because we're coming into the Lenten period. Uh, It's been going for 55 years. How would you encourage people to get involved in Project Compassion? Look, I think um, the the work of, of Caritas and, and through Project Compassion is vital, as I've explained. Um, you know, I think clean water, education, hope, compassion, all of that is only possible thanks to generous supporters. So I really encourage everyone just to, to do something. You know, you can make a donation, you can organise an event, you can become a regular giver. It's these opportunities are endless. Um, go to the Project Compassion website, projectcompassion.org.au, go to the Caritas website and, and learn how you can be part of, of going further together. Right. You've almost asked, answered the next question. I was going to say, why is Project Compassion so important? And I think you've answered that. Uh, but why should families and others in the community support it? Is there any, can you expand on that at all? Yeah, I think because it, it doesn't matter if you're giving, you know, ten dollars or, or ten thousand dollars to Project Compassion, you're you're really making a difference. You know, you're you're having this opportunity to radically reimagine the world and be part of a phenomenal story in in making it a more kind and and more compassionate place to be. I I was reading um, before that ten dollars can buy ten chickens. Um, yeah. for, for a family in Cambodia. And, you know, that means that those kids don't go to bed hungry. Their, their families can earn an income and that's for the same price as, as lunch when lunch might be here. Mm. It's Even when you hear that from people like you or read about it, it is hard to comprehend living in Australia where we have so much that uh, th- that sort of money can buy so much in a poor country. It still, it still amazes me. That's right, you know, and and I think that's the main thing that I try and um, tell people is small gestures go a really long way um, in the communities where we work. You know, I think $150 can provide training for Indigenous people to be healthcare workers. You know, a healthcare worker in Australia takes years of university, but in the Philippines, $150 can provide this basic training. That means they're out in their communities increasing the well-being of their entire community. And, you know, so, so the, the effect is, is amazing of supporting Project Compassion. Yeah, exactly right. Some of the issues facing the church today, which we don't need to go into to, at the moment, does it make it harder for Caritas to promote its work in the wider community being a Catholic organisation or do you think public generally separates uh, the two? Yeah, look, I, I think Caritas speaks to people's hearts. You know, it goes to the core of people's understanding of um, compassion and kindness and, and justice. And I think so for me, you know, Project Compassion is a good news story, both within the church and within the wider community. And it's a story that lets people contribute to a more just world. And therefore, it's one that, you know, resonates with everyone. 
Yeah, good point. And it, it's a good it's a good story and it, it's a good church story. I mean, people want to be down on the church. They sometimes don't think of organisations like Caritas and the amazing work uh, that uh, your organisation does. That's correct. You know, there's endless stories of lives changed, of, you know, this um, of Caritas being sort of light in the darkness for people throughout the world. And it, it really is a good news story. Yep, absolutely agree. The Australian government has been cutting back on foreign aid in recent times, as has been well documented in the press. Has this affected the work of Caritas? Has it uh, hindered you at all? Yeah, look, I think Australian aid's important, you know, not only in the dollar value, not only because it helps people most in need, but, but also because it re- reinforces our identity as, as compassionate people. It, you know, it reflects our sense of fairness and, and compassion, which are really at the heart of our collective well-being. And so for us at Caritas, we believe that we're part of a global family, a, a shared um, humanity. And therefore, we find it devastating um, to see these cuts in, in aid for the world's, you know, most vulnerable people. You know, if, if you compare us with other um, countries, we're now one of the least equitable contributors to aid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's staggering. Since last time I worked at Caritas, you know, back in the early 2000s and 12s, 13s, and, you know, since that time we've cut our international aid program by a third. And so, I don't know, for me anyway, I think the, the, the aid program reflects our values as a community and our global commitments. And, and I know Australians are really generous. I know they're generous because I see it in their support of Caritas and, and, and their support of Project Compassion and we'd like to see our government follow suit. Yeah, I mean, and this, yeah, the Australian government's not alone. I think it's been a worldwide trend with many governments cutting back. But um, you mentioned Australians are still very uh, generous, and I think it's probably fair to say that the public in other countries are too. But it's, it's an interesting situation where you have governments cutting back on foreign aid, uh, and it's, people have to step up, I guess, to uh, to help out. That's right. And, um, you know, for us, it's sort of two things at once. One is, you know, encouraging Australians to support um, Project Compassion and and the work of Caritas Australia and at the same time encouraging Australians to talk to their local members of parliament and to engage in that conversation saying, you know, we believe that we are part of a global family and we believe that the Australian Aid um, Program should reflect that. Yeah, no, good point. Uh, you mentioned the web address, but uh, please mention it again uh, with uh, Project Compassion and Lent coming up. Uh, and anything else you'd like to highlight, Kirsty, at this uh, late stage of the podcast? So the website's projectcompassion.org.au. Um, and, look, I'd just like to thank everyone, you know, in advance for their generous support of Project Compassion. And I want them to know um, that they really are making a difference. And I, I can testify to that. I've seen it. I've seen it um, in the lives of, of the people that I met in Cambodia and in other countries I visited for Caritas. So, um, you know, somewhere there's there's a family in the world that's you know, able to flourish because a family in Australia was was caring for them. Well, that's right. And you mentioned earlier that you used to put your pocket money in the uh, Project Compassion uh, box and, uh, you know, $2, $5 it can buy a lot in uh, countries like Cambodia. So every cent does make a difference. It, it may sound a little like a cliche, but it's quite true. 
That's right. You know, just a simple, you know, give up, give up your coffee today and and um, put five dollars in a donation to to Project Compassion, and that five dollars can change someone's life. Mm, that's great. Look, thank you very much for your time, Kirsty, and uh, all the best with uh, your new role and with Project Compassion uh, coming up. It is very important, as uh, you mentioned in the podcast. So, uh, all the best. Thanks, David. Thanks for being with us. If you have a family issue or want advice on how to make your family the best it can be, you can now find answers on the Magellan.media website. Go to www.magellan.media forward slash guides where you will find downloadable guides and links to organisations that can help. This has been Figuring Out Families. I'm David Ahern.